Here I am. I had to get a little day drinking beer too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Welcome to Predator Minute, the podcast that breaks down the 1987 action sci-fi horror suspense classic Predator one minute at a time. I'm John Zabriskie. And I'm Jeff Glover. And we are talking minute 27 of Predator today. I believe minute 27 puts us right at the quarter mark in terms of progress for the movie. Very good. And uh, we are uh, in kind of the middle of a, a milestone here because when this... Uh, attack on the gorilla camp ends that kind of marks the end of the first act of the film right yeah it totally does and i was looking ahead to future minutes and um i would say it's debatable where the first act ends in my eyes originally i thought oh the first act ends when uh billy is laughing at hawkins joke after they've made plans to go up the valley to the new extraction point but Mm. i could also see someone arguing that well the end of the first act is when dutch picks up dylan and starts yelling at him in his face about the whole thing being a setup and that the six of them were dropped in the meat grinder oh yeah kind of like when the action stops and right it's when this action stops and then we get we really we'll start to see in future minutes the uh, confrontation with the predator really ramps up. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And like you've said in the past, there's a kind of a genre shift there after this, what's clearly an action movie so far. Oh yeah. All right. So we got lots of uh, more carnage. We got yeah. lots more deaths. We got some more explosions. We got guys flying through the air. We've got all kinds of stunt men. Uh, one in particular that continues to show up. <laughs> right. The unkillable uh, gorilla. <laughs> Yeah, this is, oh, yeah, so I'll give the synopsis real quick. Uh, This is Minute 27, uh, the Fred McGriff of Minutes. Freddie McGriff to lead off. And he launches one to deep right field. She's gone to tie it. Minute 27 opens with Hawkins and Ponchito running down the stairs under heavy gunfire, and it ends with Billy laying down some fire in a large palapa. Very large palapa. Very large palapa. There's there's a lot of action that happens here. And uh, my question right away is, is this palapa the same one Ponchito and Hawkins are running down the stairs at the end of last minute? beginning of this minute mm, it's hard to tell you yeah. know one of the things we talked about last minute was how quick paced and frenetic this sequence is and it's really hard to keep the geography straight mm-hmm. on top of that they're reusing shots they're reusing stuntmen <laughs> um and so um i don't know if i can i i would guess yes but uh you know it's hard to tell yeah. What do you think? Uh, I'm just thinking for the for the set design, yes. I'm thinking they're reusing it. But for some reason in my head, I'm thinking they're trying to call these two different palapas. But the, the layouts mm. look just really similar. Uh, it's, it's super hard to tell whether or not they're just dressing up with some sugar bags uh, right. when Billy is firing at the end of this minute. And well, we know they're not afraid of, of reusing things. They're so. not afraid of reusing things. Yeah, we're going to, I guess, dive right into that if, if you want to start <laughs> us off on the action, what we see. Yeah, so carrying over from last minute, we've got... <laughs> That's how we begin every summary, I noticed, by I the know. way. It's I carrying know. over from the last minute. I think that started like 10 minutes ago. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, everybody. It just all carries over. <laughs> but a lot of these minutes are ending right in the middle of like a shot, you know? Yeah, literally. And yeah. Gunshots. And, and so this one, when you start this minute, we've got 
who's that? Hawkins and Ponchito mm-hmm. running down the stairs. We got a quick shot uh, to the behind a couple gorillas that are firing at Hawkins and Ponchito. And then they find a little spot behind some sandbags or sugar bags. Mm-hmm. And then they take them out. And what do they do here, John? <laughs> they take them out with uh, one of Panchito's custom made uh, <laughs> for the movie grenade launch, grenade launchers or grenade launched grenades. Um, so yeah. who knows what the caliber or makeup of this thing is supposed to be. And it just, it blows these guys off, <laughs> whatever, out of their perch and into the water. And and for my money, I think this is, you know, one of the top two or three stunts of the whole movie because it's slow motion. You see the guys after the explosion. Well, they're, they're clearly launched from an explosion all in one shot. And they right. start at the top of the frame and the camera follows them all the way down into the water and they crash down into the water oh it is i was just gonna agree it is a great shot and a great stunt and these guys are they're jumping out from an explosion they're on fire one guy loses Uh, his gun and one guy keeps his gun (laughs) the whole way down yeah hangs on to it and they don't land on their backs you know on like a mattress covered in leaves like some of the other guys from Mm-mm. previous shots these guys they go head first into this water and these one aren't guy, yeah i think the guy we're actual t- guys right? yeah these, these are, are actual like... guys one one is a very very notable stuntman we'll talk about here in a minute and and he is the one holding on to his gun the whole time on fire and then mm, as impressive. the as the one guy kind of does more of a dive the other guy our noted stuntman We'll just call him, I don't know, Red Baron for right now. Red Baron. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Due to his flying around explosions this minute. Uh, he yeah, lands kind of on the back red... of his neck and on his back. And like, oh, yeah. he, he even yeah. see like a little bit of a snappage as he hits the water. Oh, yeah, you're right. He Ooh. comes right down on the kaplam. Yeah. Ooh. That could not feel good. That must really have torn that red ascot off of his neck. (laughs) Yeah. I was trying to think of like a good nickname for him. And I was like, he has red. So maybe like uh, the red gorilla, like red man, like the rapper. Red Baron because he's got some kind of like beady eyes too. Red Baron. (laughs) Like every time they cut to him, he's squinting with that red ascot on. We'll we'll talk more about him coming up because he's going to show up several times in the next few minutes. Yes. And and, well, in this minute alone... uh, uh, we're running the count. I, I count that he's killed at least three times. Um, basically, <laughs> yeah. if, if you see him firing a weapon in this minute, you know he's about to be blown from that perch one way or the other. And this is just the first of three of those things. And then later on, I think towards the end of the minute, we see another gorilla who's wearing, I think, the same red ascot, but who's a different person. <laughs> it's a strange choice. I mean, was there a sale on ascots at the local <laughs> jungle men's warehouse? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I guess they're just bandanas around their necks, but the way they have it tucked in and kind of poofed up, it does look like a an ascot. <laughs> right. And we'll see an up close of this guy later, but uh, he's not Central American by any means. Just kind of looks like a, <laughs> a dressed up white dude. Yeah. Anyway. So, yeah. Did you have more to add about this, this stunt in this uh, pool or lake here? Oh, yeah. Good call. Um, 
So the stunt itself, just telling you right away, this is Craig Baxley reminding you that he's a prolific stunt coordinator and stuntman himself, putting on these, uh, putting on this stunt show spectacular, as it were. So this is just one of his hallmarks of people flying through the air. You see this all the time in A-Team. He directed quite a few yeah. episodes of A-Team to the stunts for that show. And all the time, there's a car just flying very close to the camera and from the top of the screen to the bottom of the screen, you see the bottom of the car flying in slow motion. Mm -hmm. Probably with Henry Kenji driving, let's be honest, the uh, moonbeam. Right. Stunt yeah. drove the explosion, exploding truck into the, the campers. Yeah. Um, but uh, also the water that they land in, um, this is a water feature still there today. This spot is a tourist spot. The gorilla camp eventually became, well, not in the movie, but in real life, the set of the gorilla camp uh, became a destination called El Eden or El Aden, which is <laughs> south and east of Puerto Vallarta um, along the Mislamoya River. Now, I'm thinking it's Mislamoya River. There's also a place on the beach where they did the filming for the beginning of the movie called the Boca de Tomatlan, which I took to mean the mouth of the river Tomatlan. But um, anyway. So they like embrace the fact that this was used in the movie and they use it as a little tourist attraction. Yes. Yes. There's, oh. I don't know if the restaurant's still open, but at one point when I was looking at the restaurant menu, I could see different things were named after things in the movie, like Dutch pancakes or Billy burrito <laughs> or <laughs> Blaine jar of spit juice. <laughs> Right. And you can use, you know, the machete to cut your food. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> One thing I like about going back to this explosion, because I'm wa watching it over and over again. I really like uh, how when they fly off the roof, you can see the pyrotechnics coming out behind yes. them. Like it looks like there's like some actual like fireworks. Yes. Flaming down, you know, and like sparks. Mm -hmm. It's pretty gnarly. Yeah. The, yeah. I mean, the the uh, Red Baron's Red Baron. pants look to be on fire when he first exits <laughs> his perch there. <laughs> the crotch is the <laughs> most on fire part yeah that is uh there's just so many things going on with the explosions oh, and the you falling could not wait to get to the pond <laughs> oh man but yeah uh, so if, if you go now to this place there's a little rope swing tied there and you can jump off the rope swing into that very same pond um along with the rope swing they also have the burned out chopper that uh, we see dutch rolling by here and then they've have a predator sculpture. So if you out there listeners have been there to El Aden and visited the old set of Predator, let us know. PredatorMinute at gmail.com. Can't yeah. wait. Yeah, boy. So when we are able to quit our jobs and become <laughs> professional movie by minute podcasters, we'll uh, take our proceeds on, a, take our families there on a little vacation. Exactly, together. exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, my, my wife, uh, Sarah, had an idea that we should film the last few minutes or we should film we should record the last few minutes there on the set i think that would be super wow. sweet yeah yeah once we start selling t-shirts and stuff like that <laughs> <laughs> predator minute takes over the world yeah just, just wait everybody just wait <laughs> but then yeah anyway so let's see what happens next okay so cool water stunt there so okay so we get some guys running down the stairs lots of guys mm -hmm. and they're getting shot <laughs> <laughs> shot from all over and i i I think we're we're meant to attribute this to Dutch, who's seen I think so. right away firing his M16 basically everywhere around the screen. Screen left, screen right, right behind him. Fire, 
Yeah, it's just like cuts back to him firing and then a new guy dying and then back to him firing and a new guy dying. The guy pops up (laughs) from the chopper kind of like in a video or just like a video game where you're doing the like the shooting at the screen in the arcade cabinet and someone pops up behind a building like holding a hostage or shooting a rocket launcher at you and he just goes right down. It's like a sack of sugar. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't aim his gun at him or anything. He just <laughs> he just runs out and is like, shoot me! <laughs> As if he's surprised. He doesn't quite know the plan. It's like, oh, Right, like- <laughs> right. What's going to happen if I run out here? Uh, Alright, so... <laughs> funny he looks like like maybe a moonbeam part two moonbeam. that guy that gets shot yeah he does a little bit but he, he's i think he's lacking the charisma and the, the <laughs> wherewithal of moonbeam <laughs> uh yeah he just he has the long hair with a bandana but different guy yeah all right so he gets shot up dutch is just shooting everybody here he walks forward he fires shoots three gorillas now bam, yes, bam, bam, takes in, them all out including our our boy central american mama fratelli camp <laughs> what the hell are we doing here ah trusted your old mother boy throwing the four wheel drive and hold on to your hat Oh, he's on the right. right there. He's just, he's totally going down. So he, he made it to the point of, hey, I'm aware of what's going on. But then he just took a bunch of gunfire. He's also wearing a red ascot. He is wearing a red ascot. So it's like, <laughs> this team kills this red ascot, I think five times in this minute. Maybe hmm. it, like, it just kind of goes person to person. And then <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Part of the uniform. He decided to include a little beret for some flair. Yeah. Yeah. These yeah. guys, they're seemingly just standing the three of three wide next to each other firing. I don't know why yeah. they can't hit anything, <laughs> but Dutch just looks at him and lifts up his gun and takes all three of them out. Yeah. And I can't help like it. That. But think that when he's shooting these guys in slow motion, I have a hankering, I have a hanker, I have a, a hunch that <laughs> at least these two guys doing the death wobble are the same ones that we saw, I think, two times already previously, shot oh. by Dutch and then shot by Dylan later Dylan! on. I think they're yeah. the same, it's the same shot they're using, where if they lingered, then you'd say, oh, wow, I know exactly where that is. And it was actually filmed on the other side of the flaming chopper, I believe, when it was originally filmed. This shot of Dutch just walking in front of this flaming helicopter is kind of cool yeah camera just moves with him the helicopter's on fire behind him he's he's just shooting from his kind of from his hip yeah not aiming there's no iron sights going on there's <laughs> no he's all and he's kind of jerks the gun when he fires it i notice he doesn't it's, it's almost like he's it's kind of like pushing dirt with a mop or something like that or with the broom just <laughs> right. kind of really shoving it because right just just needs to clean that area yeah just real exaggerated bam 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 um, and at uh, minute at second twenty five, I don't know if you noticed this. Right before it changes from Dutch walking in front of the chopper, there is someone ducking behind the tail piece. That- oh yeah, <laughs> I'm seeing it right now. I did not notice that before. It is super fast. Yeah, I don't know who that's supposed to be. Maybe Dylan. Dylan. I don't know. Maybe just a like a stunt guy accidentally snuck into the frame. Yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe it's just some crew or something. It's, yeah it's moving something That's funny yeah i did not notice that maybe he's just down there repa- trying to repair the chopper he's like <laughs> it's on fire someone help me change the oil <laughs> have you tried turning it off and back on again <laughs> right? where's the on off switch for this thing i think you're looking someone at the wrong part it. of the chopper <laughs> there <laughs> right 
Uh, boy, this does not look good. No. Um, all right. So now we cut away from Dutch. Do you have anything else to add about that sequence there? Uh, sure. This is in the director commentary where John McTiernan oh, is yeah. talking a little bit about Sven Ole Torsen. We who are about to die salute you. Just mentioning he's a good friend of Arnold. Arnold brought him onto the movie set and they gave him the role of the Russian officer. So that was neat to hear that, a little bit of positive talk. Uh, and he also starts talking about Blaine and the minigun. Talking about how a man as big as Jesse Ventura is required just to aim the minigun, which uh, Jesse Ventura apparently became really good at. And we're going to talk about that right now. Mac! Yeah. Mac. Mac! So now Mac, Mac is Mac. running through the trees uh-huh. and kind of hunched over. Runs kind of funny. He, he runs kind of funny. Yeah, I don't I don't think Bill Duke is for as you know as big and action oriented as this guy is. I don't think he's really noted as as an action actor. Yeah. And it might even yeah. be a stuntman running. We don't really know. It could be. Because in the behind-the-scenes footage where Jesse Ventura is talking to a clear Bill Duke stand-in or stuntman, mm. right, they, they're, they, they nail that look-like pretty well. So it might just be look-like. That's yeah. kind of my hunch. And Who's firing upon and Mac, Mac right here? Yeah, I was going to say, what is, what's Mac, Mac running from? Here? Mac is running from a, tra- a trail of gunfire left by what I can only describe as Red Baron Mark II. Red Baron. <laughs> Up in a treetop perch. He's got his mustache, his red ascot. He does. His funny little hat with his ear warmers. Yep. And he's firing away. He's like the most generic, like, gorilla bad guy you could create, I think. And he's just firing away. <gasps> and, uh, and then Mac, Mac takes cover. Mac! 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 Jumps down and takes cover kind of behind a rock, it looks like. Yeah. And uh, then he yells to Blaine something along the lines of, get that mother or get that post. Get that mother. Not really yeah. sure what he's yelling. It's clearly added later and not him yelling yeah, on the was, screen. It's definitely ADR, mm-hmm. which is weird because they like kind of cut it off. <laughs> it's like half of a word. I think he's saying, get that mother. Get that mother. Yeah. That's what I thought. Okay. But it's like they cut it off and it sounds, get that muh. Or Mo. Yeah. Get that Mo. You know, I don't know. I wish they would have left it in and just had him be like, get that motherfucker. Yeah, <laughs> no kidding. You know? Yeah. God damn it, waste the but uh, he ducks down there. Mm-hmm. Get that mother. Get that Mo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and then yeah. who comes out from the behind the trees? Oh, mother effing Blaine with the minigun, old painless. <laughs> yeah. Old painless is waiting. And he just and he's like chawing on his tobacco too when he comes around the corner. Yep. He does the classic minigun from this movie at least, where he's firing for, I don't know, three to five seconds into this <laughs> one guy. Actually I think it I think it's our most minigunning so far. I think he's six seconds. So that's uh if you're going by the non adjusted rate of fire, then that's about a thousand <laughs> rounds he just <laughs> lit up Red Baron Mark II with. <laughs> which exploded that treetop perch. And our, our boy, Red Baron, just goes flying again. Red Baron. He does. Oh, my God. He just unloads on that yeah. perch up there. I It reminds me of, so recently I did another playthrough of uh, Grand Theft Auto V. Oh, sure. On my 
on my old Xbox 360. And you know how in that game you can just grab a weapon and seemingly have unlimited ammo because you can always just buy more. And yeah, whenever you shoot things or or blow things up, it's all overkill. Like you'll just fire all of your ammo at something right. in order to get it to explode. That's like what he's doing here. And he's just he's like, I'll just shoot up here and whatever sticks sticks. <laughs> right. You know. Oh I'm yeah. Surprised the tree doesn't break in half and fall down. But yeah, something up there must be flammable though, huh? Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> something. Who I mean <laughs> it looks to me just like a little I don't know. It just I can't just just like a little platform someone, you know, nailed to the top of a tree. Yeah, it's tiny. Yeah. And so clearly, I mean, obviously they set up some pyrotechnics up there. I don't know if there'd be any practical reason why it would explode like that. No. But it makes for a pretty good effect. No. And the people on the IMDV for firearms mentioned that these would have to be all of a sudden incendiary rounds, the rounds that flame on Ooh. impact and uh, so far, we haven't seen that, and <laughs> we don't see it later on. So who knows? Maybe he locked and loaded some specialty rounds just for this moment. That is a good explosion, though. And then our boy, Red Baron, goes flying. Red Baron. Yeah. Is that Red Baron? It is Red Baron. Yeah. yeah he's It's it's a fun little multi-shot stunt fall because he is blown from his perch. It cuts back yeah. to Blaine still firing the minigun at him. Like he's, he's, he's gone, Blaine, stop. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then I'm still going. <laughs> it cuts to him falling just like through open space. And then it cuts to the palapa right over Ponchito and Hawkins' head. And the guy comes crashing to the roof. <laughs> hits the floor. And <laughs> that must be the signal some somehow it's like oh that's the signal and Panchito gives Hawkins this little reverse head nod to say all right let's move out let's keep going I know I love the idea that that Hawkins and Panchito are just kind of like standing in there having a conversation yeah and all of a sudden this guy just falls through the roof (laughs) (laughs) and they just kind of look over like oh yep no big deal (laughs) and they go about their business okay let's go okay let's go that's that's I mean that is a very creative stunt because that's two different yes. falls. Uh, one fall from the tree where in the behind the scenes, you can see him falling from the tree onto a big uh, air pad. I forget what they're called, mm. but there's these huge air balloons or whatever. Okay, step out on the platform. He's setting up. Billy, stand up and get ready. Um, air mattress, not air mattress. <laughs> um, and then, right, the second part of the stunt is someone clearly crashing through this palapa roof and falling, yeah. falling. What do you think, like twenty feet, maybe? It just it's pretty high, right on yeah. the ground. It's like, yeah, another it must be another air pad uh, in their employ, right there. Yep, and he does a nice kind of falls like his back comes through the roof and he does this little sort of sideways, almost backwards turn. Mm-hmm. Bam, lands on his side. Pretty good. Yeah. You want to talk about who the Red Baron is played by here? Red Baron. Yeah, you did a little research on this, I see. I did because he was he he is one of uh, our basically Hall of Fame uncredited players for this film. And when I say uncredited, I'm talking one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, five, six different actors who are uncredited. We've already talked about Steve Boyum, the hostage who's executed by the Russian who goes "fuck you," and then Sven mm-hmm. blows him away, shoots him in the head. Fuck you. Uh, we've talked about Henry Kenji, the gorilla blowing up in the yeah. the Willie's Jeep. Uh, we've talked about 
Spinoli Torsen, the Russian officer. And there are a couple more we can talk about later, but this is the guerrillish soldier shot down from tree. Again, uncredited. This is William H. Burton Jr., or I've seen him called also Billy Burton. Billy Burton. Billy Burton. Um, and I, nice. I like that. Don't, I think they call him Billy or Bill in the uh, in the behind the scenes when Craig Baxley is talking to him, say, hey, you okay, Billy? And you can see him kind of climbing these little rickety stairs onto this rickety platform. And even Billy, <laughs> even Billy Burton, the seasoned stuntman, is is looking a little bit nervous. Okay, step out on the platform. He said yeah, but then they blow him from that treetop and he falls gloriously onto this this air pad. It's a really neat stunt. Nice. But yeah. The- well, he's got quite the list of uh, credits to his name, stunts he's done for different movies and shows. Yeah, this is just kind of along with the, along this motif for this movie of, of having these top, top crew and cast playing these parts and putting together everything behind the scenes from yeah. music to special effects to sound effects to stunts. They've had some really awesome stunts so far, talking about Henry Kinsey, Craig Baxley, and now uh, William H. Burton Jr., Billy Burton. Yeah, so he's he's been in a ton of stuff. He's worked as a second unit director, um, a la Craig Baxley, on a few things such as Dick Tracy, Hard Target, Face Off, Good Burger. Face Off. I want to take his face off. I'd like to take his, his face off. Uh, X-Files. Troy. <laughs> Mission Impossible 2, Collateral Damage, uh, which is another Arnold film. But that's not his bread and butter. His bread and butter is the stunt world, which he has 126 films credited to him. That's wild. Yeah. Yeah. And a ton of stuff you've heard of. I don't know. Do you want to go down the list? And I'll rattle some <laughs> you off. You can rattle here. some I'm off. Looking at your list, it's pretty great. If you like genre movies from the '80s, mm-hmm. you'll love this list. Um, Smoking the Bandit Two, Body Heat, Octopussy, National Lampoon's Vacation, Romancing the Stone, Ooh, To Live and Die in L.A. Yeah, Michael Mann, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, Beverly Hills Cop Two, Action Jackson, Jackson. <laughs> there it is again. Action, Action Jackson. It's hard to say. <laughs> but there's a little more Carl Weathers for yep. you. Christmas Vacation, Dick Tracy, Days of Thunder, Die Hard Two, Predator Two. Yep. This list keeps on going. Yeah. The Doors, Patriot Games, Bodyguard, Nowhere to Run, Last Action Hero. One of my favorite horror movies is on here. From Dust Till Dawn. Mm-hmm. I knew, I knew it's yeah. one of my favorites. Yeah, yeah Bad Boys, Waterworld. Black Sheep, The Phantom, Eraser, Escape from L.A. To my count, I think that's seven sequels already he's been uh, stunting in. Star Trek, First Contact, Dante's Peak, Gross Point Blank, Batman and Robin, Godzilla 1998, Practical Magic. And I bring that up because that's, <laughs> that's <laughs> one of my wife's uh, guilty pleasure movies. It's I believe filmed nice. up here in the San Juan Islands. Oh, no. Yeah. And I'm trying to imagine the stunts that happened in that movie. Not a ton. <laughs> What's that, Sarah? Oh, there you go. It's the scene in Practical Magic where the guy is hit by a fruit basket oh. going down the street. And that's oh, the yes, inciting course, incident for the whole movie, really. Me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, we have the situation where it seems like, except for our first couple movies on the list, most of these movies were made after Predator. Yes. Um, and in, in some ways, uh, I, I can't help but think that Predator and Arnold and McTiernan kind of helped to push this guy's uh, career in the right direction. Yeah, 
Yeah, I would I would have to agree with that. Um, especially, I would say in the stunt world, I bet a lot of people looked at this movie and thought, "Oh, this is at least this middle section here. This is a, a great movie for stunt work because you had the pro Craig Baxley on here. You had stunt driver extraordinaire Henry Kenji, and hmm. yeah, and, and uh, from all the commentary and behind the scenes work, everybody's lauding the stunt work and that nobody was hurt nobody was injured and i think that is probably high up on the list of, of things that people look for in excellent stunt work in a movie is is anybody hurt is anybody right, right. trying to sue the movie producers for a career-ending injury yeah that's a good point yeah and um last couple things i'll talk about is uh he uh, billy burton won the 2001 taurus award at the world stunt awards hey didn't know you knew that hmm. um ah. <laughs> now you know you for the best stunt coordinator and and or second unit director for Mission Impossible 2. And then it goes into the details about what scene it's talking about, which is hilarious to me to describe a stunt scene in a movie. Uh, but I'm just going to shorten it to say it's the scene in Mission Impossible 2 with the air cannon and double motorcycle chase. And when they say air cannon, I believe they're talking about just the move a vehicle makes when they're launching it through the air, either over a camera oh, or in front yeah. of a camera. They're just calling it Air Cannon. Is that the John Woo one? Yeah, that's the John Woo one. That's the the black sheep, as it were, of the Mission Impossible movies. Yeah, most people don't like that one very much. Yeah, I don't care for the story, but the stunt work is beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I honestly, I think I may have seen it back when it came out, Mm -hmm. but uh, that's all I got (laughs) on MI2. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Um, Well, that's cool, though. Good for him. Yeah, I would say the other thing I noticed in looking at stunt work is that it's it seems to be really common at least in the three big stunt people we've talked about this film to hand down or inherit inherit stunt skills from your family because uh billy burton is billy burton jr his father william burton senior was a big stunt man and stunt coordinator we talked about henry kenji uh, he has a son henry kenji kenji jr who is big in the world of stunts and craig baxley the stunt coordinator and second unit director for this film his son craig Baxley Jr. is also a noted stuntman. So I don't know. What what do you take from that, Jeff? Do you think that, why do you think stunting would like stay in the family so, so much? Well, there's got to be a physical aspect to it. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you are a stuntman or stunt woman, you're probably pretty physically able. Mm-hmm. Um, you're fit. Um, and, you know, when you have a kiddo, those genes might get passed along. So it would make sense that if you are kind of a big, physical, strong person, that your kid would probably grow up to be something similar. Mm. And then, you know, just passing down the uh, the trade. Uh, there's probably a lot of tricks and uh, maneuvers and, and things that stunt men and women know how to do, but it's kind of contained within the business. Yeah, I mean, that's that'd be my best guess if you're just around that growing up. I mean, what kid wouldn't want to go to a movie set and see their dad? <laughs> I was just thinking of that yeah you know do a do an awesome stunt and you would be inspired to want to do the same thing you know yeah because it's like it's all pretend and kids love 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 pretend just ask my three-year-old and just dad let's let's pretend this pretend that i'm like nah can we not can we just build something out of legos (laughs) yeah when i would go to the office with my mom i would watch her do paperwork for an insurance company Mm -hmm. it was not that inspiring (laughs) (laughs) but yeah doing the play acting and then just kind of being launched through the air and having the like pretend machine guns yeah I i could see i could see that being attractive to a kid all right so what was his name billy 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 burton billy burton awesome yeah billy burton um all right so should we jump into the last kind of section of this minute here (laughs) let's do it what happens next (laughs) 
Oh, well, more people die. More people die, <laughs> yeah. And more people are firing from a gun nest. Yeah. This time yep, so at Billy. And who who's one of our who's one of our attackers here from the gun nest? <laughs> oh, look at that. It's the Red Baron. Red Baron. It's the infamous <laughs> Red Baron. Red Baron. <laughs> And they pop up, yep. and there's like three of them up there in a position above, and they still can't hit any of our guys. And uh, who who ultimately takes them out? Here? Well, Billy does, and it appears that when they're firing at first, I think they're firing at Hawkins and Ponchito. So when Billy throws oh. his grenade at them from his position, he's actually throwing it from their side. He's looking at Yellow Bandana's uh, side as yeah. he throws the grenade. You're right. I didn't notice that before, but you're right. He comes in on the flank or whatever and takes him out. Yeah, and just the appearance of Red Baron tells you right away, like, Red Baron, you should not be in that gun nest <laughs> with that guy. Like, oh, crap, are we going to be flying through the air on a, <laughs> on a ramp or what is it called, a springboard? Yeah. And they, they, it's so funny. He keeps on dying, and then he just pops up in, like, two seconds later in the next scene. It's oh, like, yeah. can we not kill this guy? <laughs> Unkillable Billy. <laughs> Yeah, kill the billy. Oh, I love it. Yeah, and and this is the mildest of the three stunts we see that we see when people are. I mean, all, all the same people are still, still being. Pretty great. Yeah, people are being launched in the air. And oh, I again, this is a, one of those examples when I was talking about earlier about not lingering on a shot very long. It would have been cool to see them just kind of complete their fall or just launch into something new because uh, there's uh, just so much good body flying explosions yeah they do cut away really fast mm-hmm. you're right like before it's even really over they cut away yeah. before we see the guys land but man they do fly out there again the pyrotechnics are awesome yeah. the guys are kind of on fire as they're flying <laughs> off the perch they really are <laughs> yeah. and this is and billy just turns turns around and walks away before they even land too he's like i'm out yeah he's not even looking at the explosion he's like job's done here i'm moving on to the next <laughs> Uh, all right, so then who is this running into the palapa after this? Is that Mac? Mac. It's really hard to tell. Mac. I'm Mac. thinking it's Mac. Uh, Mac. I'm just totally theorizing here because it, it looks to have body type of Mac, Mac and Billy's not even in the same, right, the same position, or he's not even in the same whereabouts it looks like in the next time we see him in half a second. But uh, Mac, Mac dives behind some beautifully exploding boxes apparently boxes just full of squibs because those boxes yeah. go up <laughs> along with the pottery shot of like these shards just flying everywhere everywhere i do love this quick shot though because as he's running like it's one of those classic he's running and then the bullets are hitting things around him as he's running and so you get this kind of line of stuff that explodes from left to yeah. right bam, 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 bam. and then those boxes are like kind of the cap bow cap blow up i don't know cap i don't know what's in there it looks like hay or straw (laughs) or something (laughs) just a bunch of sawdust or something yeah yeah sawdust yeah so those explode and but we are to assume that he makes it past Mm -hmm. and then we get a quick cut back to billy billy yeah he's 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 looking one way towards the camera and then he turns around quickly takes out two gorillas who seemingly just kind of walk in front of his line of fire <laughs> and, this will be a nice place because right? the one guy he's coming in through a door when i can kind of i can kind of defend him there say yeah he's like running in through a door um yeah apparently that door if i freeze frame looks like there's a map map, map! 
uh, on that <laughs> on that door before Billy lays into him and things fly up and squibs and there's fuel tanks literally behind the guy as Billy fires. I know. He's like, I know what will be a good idea. I'm going to go hide next to this barrel of fuel. Yes. <laughs> and then it looks like another red ascot red Baron. laden Ooh. guy oh, yeah, comes in. But that's, I, I don't think that's Red Baron. I think that's someone wearing all the same gear though as the red baron red baron because this guy actually looks central american compared to red baron who just looks kind of like a chubby white guy yeah and again he just walks in like just kind of walks into the frame looking the wrong yeah he's looking at the guy who's being shot up yeah ascot billy just takes him out Billy just takes him out (laughs) just (laughs) and then (laughs) the squibs are a little bit mistimed so as billy turns away after firing upon this guy his chest explodes (laughs) one less less squib (laughs) i don't know maybe it's like the radio behind him exploding but right oh yeah i missed that the first time through you're right he turns around the firing is all done and then his chest explodes later Mm -hmm. that's great and then uh so to round it out then the camera kind of cuts away and we see billy coming up some stairs yeah or some steps again this and this is the palapa i think i'm just kind of guessing from the first part of the minute making the reappearance after they ran down the stairs i think they just redressed the set and had this big opening that people could fire into and starts the next minute off uh, with some yeah it's like a big like warehouse sized palapa yeah so you have that wide shot of billy just basically firing indiscriminately down to this large palapa like towards the camera <laughs> he is. yeah exactly he's just sort of shooting yeah and then that brings the minute to a close right there so we'll pick things up with billy firing from the top of his his perch down onto the palapa yeah uh just right as the minute closes too we're, we're hearing alan Silvestri's predator theme the main theme for predator kick in yeah and uh, i don't know if you saw this Good. note but when i was doing research on the score uh, people actually refer to this as not the theme of the alien predator, but the theme of the team of of commandos that Dutch is leading, which makes sense to me mm. because when you first hear it, we see their chopper landing on the beach in minute two, I believe. And um, that's where we hear that that theme first played. And right. I don't right. believe we'll have to keep an ear open, but I don't believe you hear that theme while the predator's on screen. I think the Predator has its own theme that we're going to have to listen for later on. And he gets the lead up to the Predators, of course, the drums. Yes. Drums, please. Drums, please. so good so good awesome all right so where is our kill count kill count here john (laughs) i lost track that a lot of people die in this minute just like the last minute so up to this minute we had 54 deaths on screen or off screen implied and then in this minute alone we have another bunch we have 19 this minute <laughs> bring our total so far up to oh no we have 20 this is it 20 Seven, 17 of those was the red baron <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's a good point how many were there's at least three red barons and a red baron lookalike red baron <laughs> and if we look back at earlier scenes from the camp maybe we can catch a little glimpse of <laughs> red baron red baron um, yeah. exploding through the air again but uh, i think we're at 20 this minute Two by Panchita's grenade, including Red Baron. Uh, Twelve by Dutch's M16, including Central American Mama Fratelli. I trusted your old mother boy. Throw in the four wheel drive and hold on to your hat. 
Oh. <laughs> One by Blaine Minigun. This would be Red Baron 2 in this minute. Red Baron. Uh, he definitely took the most bullets. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> of the three Red Barons <laughs> of this minute, he could take the most bullets. <laughs> he got all the bullets. He got more bullets than all the other Red Barons combined. Yes. <laughs> Something around 1,000 bullets. Right. Right. <laughs> uh, let's see. Three by Billy's Grenade, including Red Baron 3. Red Baron. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, and then two by Billy's M16, including the Red Baron lookalike. Red Baron. <laughs> so, yeah, that is, oof. Yeah, death count is uh, skyrocketing. So that's a total of 74 or 75? 74, I believe. 74. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. So almost at triple digits. Uh, I don't remember looking ahead if we're ever hitting triple digits, but I believe we come really, really, really close because I think we end the Gorilla Camp uh, shootout or mop yeah. up or route or behind the woodshed beating. Um, we end that around <laughs> 90, I think 90, I think. And then the, the crew will, the predator will do his work. So get very close. You're right. Yeah. But uh, with the minutes discussion behind us, uh, looking ahead to what people can listen to or wear or watch or experience. Uh, what do you have in the old recommend chamber for us? Yeah. All right. Well, I got, um, at least one thing here, maybe two. I don't know if this is a recommend, <laughs> but uh, if you're a completist when it comes to 80s action movies, you've probably already seen this um, or you're going to see it. I, I had a little, I've seen a lot of 80s action movies. I love action movies of the period, um, particularly from the 80s. Sure. Um, but there was one that for some reason I just hadn't seen over the years. I'd never seen it before. So I finally decided to rectify that a couple nights ago. Yeah. And I sat down and I watched the Sylvester Stallone vehicle. Cobra. Cobra. (laughs) And that movie is bonkers. (laughs) Stallone is a cop called Cobra. (laughs) It is mind boggling. I I don't even... (laughs) I, I mean, if you've seen Cobra, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. It's hard to explain. It's such a vanity project for Stallone. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got some really fun action sequences and stunts and, and stuff in it. But some of the choices make zero sense. About 20 minutes in, it just kind of cuts to this montage slash music video <laughs> that does not advance the plot whatsoever <laughs> and has a whole bunch of imagery that just there's a bunch of like scantily clad models at a photo shoot standing in front of robots i shit you not like what wow is that i i don't know have you ever seen cobra it's been a long time it is crazy dude <laughs> it is i i wish that i had watched it with like a group of people and like a 12 pack of beer right um you know, I watched it by myself when my family had gone to bed. And it was one I've always, I've, I've been wanting to catch up on. And um, I mean, I had a good time. It cracked. I was, I was <laughs> laughing as much as I was enjoying the stunts and whatnot because it's just so bonkers. But um, so yeah, so I recommend it as a, a funny kind of Stallone relic. Um, he was, I think this is when he was kind of coming off of maybe trying to think the timeline here he was he was kind of at the peak of his you know 80s fame i I think he was a few rocky sequels in and um i don't know the history of cobra so i don't want to sound stupid but um i think he may have written it himself Ah. and and funded 
uh, a good amount of it himself. Yeah, it looks. I'm I'll looking at the look Wikipedia, and it says screenplay by Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> music, <laughs> music by Sylvester Levey. Oh. Uh, <laughs> almost, almost. Uh, so I had I had fun with it. It is a bonkers '80s action movie that really does not make any sense at times, but um, but it's fun. So yeah, check out Cobra if you haven't seen it in a long time, or if you've never seen it, get some friends together and grab a bunch of beer and, and then watch it. Yeah, it'll be fun. Um, I think <laughs> is that the one with the line he says, "Your French fries are drowning." You have a life preserver. What? French fries drowning. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so much weird random that, stuff. There's this one uh, shot of him in a restaurant where he picks up this giant like fake hamburger <laughs> <laughs> and like makes I can't remember what he says, but he makes a joke with it to the love interest. Oh. And... No, we want to be a large family. Oh my god! In the first five minutes, he grabs a piece of pizza. And cuts it using a pair of scissors. What? And then <laughs> it's like there's no reason for it. He just cuts the slice in half and then eats half of the slice. <laughs> I don't know why. Oh, Sylvester Stallone. That's why. Yeah, so uh, Cobra. That's all I got. I'll just recommend Cobra today. It's a masterpiece. Alright. Holy moly, that is that's too good. Uh, lately, I've been wearing these uh, new shoes, the Adidas Ultra Boost shoes. I don't know if you're much of a sneakerhead or a shoe collector. I'm not really, but um, <laughs> I watched quite a few uh, sneaker collecting videos um, since watching hmm. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. I was just kind of obsessed a little bit with shoes for a short time. And then a lot of people were mentioning um, for comfort level, which... Is one of the main reasons I wear shoes. Uh, <laughs> uh, everybody's talking about this uh, model that's been out for a few years called the Ultra Boost. And I picked up a pair, and I picked up another pair, and another, and another, and now I'm up to five pairs of Ultra Boost. Um, yeah, and I must say they're really comfortable. If you're going to check them out just to see how they feel, I would say don't pay the $180 price tag full retail. Just go to places like eBay or Goat dot com um which is a specialty site just for buying and selling shoes um, you can find them well under retail price which is what i did and then decided i liked mm. my first pair and bought a few more pairs for uh again those kind of discounted prices but yeah total recommend just wearing them nice. around Adidas running ultra them boost? ultra boost yeah okay yeah 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 i think the cheapest pair i found was like 25 dollars on goat.com um, oh, yeah, nice. super comfortable stuff to work out and walk around in. Always looking for comfortable sneaks. There you go. Yeah. Check them out. <clears throat> Gosh, well, this is the part of the show where we ask, where can people find you? And if we had a guest, we'd ask them. We'd kind of laugh and joke around <laughs> about their usernames and such. But we're not going to do that because we don't have a guest. We'll have a guest next minute. I promise. Nice. Uh, but where can people find you, Jeff? Well, of course, you can find me on Twitter, uh, mm. capital K, Carl underscore capital H, Hungus, 314. My name is Carl, you should be an expert. Um, I was uh, live tweeting Cobra a little bit um, the other night oh. when I watched it. I, not a ton. I think I fired off like four or five tweets. But sure. uh, that was kind of fun. And uh, I, I think I'm going to try to do that a little bit more. Uh, I don't use... I haven't used Twitter a whole lot, 
Um, but um, I, when I have used it to like live tweet with other people during a movie, that's the most fun I've had. So I'd love yeah. to kind of find a, a little, find some time to do that some more. So anyway, I'm on Twitter. I'm on uh, Instagram. I'm on Facebook. You can find me. Awesome. And we are also on Facebook as a podcast. You can find us at Predator Minute Podcast. We're on Twitter at Predator Minute. You can email us uh, any fun stunts you've done in movies or TV or just kind of around the backyard just for fun, just launching into, <laughs> I don't know, a couple mattresses yeah. off your bike or something like that. Uh, email us at PredatorMinute at gmail.com. And uh, I'm excited to announce that Jeff and I are going to be analyzing five minutes of the movie Into the Night. Um, Into the Night just took on, or the movies by Minute community just took on this project of having different movies by minute hosts um, take on five minute segments of this 1985 romantic comedy thriller uh, movie into the night with Jeff Goldblum and Michelle Pfeiffer. And we're taking on minutes 41 through 45. Yeah, that should be fun. I'm excited to do that. I should uh, catch up with that movie and, uh, start preparing probably (laughs) (laughs) yeah probably but i'm excited that's gonna be that's a cool project i haven't listened to any of the minutes yet i know they've just started to be released yeah um but i like the idea of kind of hive minding this uh project together pretty cool uh yeah if you have some uh love for into the night check it out Uh, also if you just want to see any other movies that are broken down in the minute by minute format check out moviesbyminutes.com and I think we'll wrap up things there for Predator Minute. I've been John Zabriski. And I'm Jeff Glover. And until next minute. Oh, I can't oh. wait. Stick around. Stick around. Stick around. Stick around. Introducing Red Baron Pouches, all new stuffed sandwiches you'll want to run home to. Hey, why me? Are we gonna have to? Bring the Baron home. New Red Baron Pouches.